Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. What is going on, One Life Church, you guys? Glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Come on, if you're excited to be here, throw your hands together this morning. Man, my name is Red. I'm the lead pastor here. It's an honor to have you with us. Hey, before we jump into this new series we're calling From This Day Forward, can we take a moment? I want to look into the camera and I want to say I want to welcome our online church family today. Come on, One Life Church, put your hands together. Show some love to our One Life Church family. Yeah, it's great to have you along for the ride today. We love you. You are our family. You are our friends. And it's awesome to have you with us today. Hey, are you guys excited? Hey, I want to make this announcement. We made this announcement last week. I want to make it again. And that is small groups. Everybody say small groups. Small groups aren't something that we do. It is who we are, and we honestly believe that life change happens in life-giving relationships, and this is the way that we do that here at One Life Church. We like to say this. We're better together. We don't want to do life alone. We want to do life together, and this is how we do that, and so I just want to make you aware that it launched this past Sunday. You're thinking, well, it's, is it too late for me to be a part, and I want you to know that it is not too late. You can join a small group. Just go to olc.church forward slash groups and find a small group that works best for your schedule. Right now, you guys, we got like over 21 opportunities for you to meet. And guys, that's just a miracle uh, in itself from just the size of our church and the, how long we've been going. God, we're only like two years and like five or six months old, everybody. Did you know that? And for us to have 21 opportunities this early, I'm just saying it's a miracle. So I want to thank all the small group leaders who have registered your groups. I want to thank every one of you who have joined a group. Uh, I am really looking forward. We, we said this a lot in our last series, though, but I'm believing that 2021 will be the best year of your life. Spiritually, it will, it will, it will, and it begins in small groups. I mean, I'm excited about this message today. I really am. But before we jump into it, I always want to remind you that we are a message note-taking church. So that means we like to take notes. So pull out your smartphone, your laptop, whatever digital device you have. And I want to encourage you today to go to olc.church, swipe down, hit the button that says message notes, and get ready to follow along today. Why do we do this? We do this because we want to help you. We want to give you some practical tools that you can apply in your life, in your home, in your family, in your marriage on Monday through Saturday. It's one thing to get inspired on a Sunday. It's another thing to take that and to apply it to your life throughout the week. And so this is just one of the incredible tools that we use here at One Life Church to get God's word in your hand. And it's cool, man. You can save it as a PDF. You can email it to a friend or a family member. And so if you're thinking, I'm not a note taker, hey, can I encourage you to do something maybe that you've never done before? And that is take some notes today. It might just change your life. All right. So the name of this series is called From This Day forward. And so it is a relationship series. And I want to come out right out the gate and tell you that the goal of this entire series is not only for those who are married, but it's also for those who hope to be married one day. And so if you're single, it's the tool. Uh, my hope is to give you some tools today that will prepare you for a life-giving, godly, and God-honoring marriage. But if you're married here today, my hope is to give you some tools to put in your tool belt to have a life-giving marriage. And let me just say this. I am no expert, okay? Uh, my wife and I, we've been married for 15 years coming up this April. Come on, somebody. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, you just put your hands together for her because she's had to put up with a lot of, you know what, with me. <laughs> and so, um, but I tell you, I'm no expert, but you could ask my wife and she would absolutely tell you, yeah, he's no expert. I've had to train him for 15 years just to get him where he is today. Uh, but I kid, but I want to tell you that I don't feel like I'm an expert at all um, when it comes to marriage advice, but I do feel like I've learned some things through scripture and scripture is very clear of, of who we're called to be when it comes to relationships. And to kind of start this out, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to have a little bit, fun, uh, a little bit of fun this morning. And I want to start with the ladies, ladies first. And so the question I want to ask you ladies is, do you remember dreaming of meeting that perfect guy? You know, do you remember dreaming of that perfect wedding or the perfect honeymoon? Or maybe you dreamed about that, having that house on the perfect side of town or that guy who has the perfect income and the bank account. You know, ladies, how many of you are still dreaming this morning? You don't have to raise your hand, right? Guys, I'm coming to you though, right? You ready? Man, how many of you married, uh, dreamed about getting married? How many of you, can, can we be honest this morning? Listen, we're home folk, right? Uh, like how many of you guys actually dreamed about having sex like, you know, once a day, every day of the week and maybe three times on Sunday? Where are you out? Or do I have any brave men in the room? You know, brave men in the room? Yeah, there you go. Uh, guys, how many of you are still dreaming? <laughs> right? Oh my goodness, yes. Well, we all have dreams, we all have expectations, we all have things uh, in our lives, whether we know it or not. We all have unrealistic expectations when it comes to relationships. And here's the thing, when they're not met, what does that do? It leads to disappointment. It leads to hurt, bitterness. It leads to pain. And honestly, when I was doing some research this week, I found that 45% of all divorces, the, their reason for divorce is because he just can't meet my needs or she can't meet my needs or whatever. It's just these unmet expectations that we all carry into our relationships. And I began to see staggering, just, you don't have to go too far on Google to write in divorce stats and you'll begin to see this, but it's sad, you guys. Every 13 seconds, there is a divorce in America. That means if our, if our service is around an hour and five minutes, that means from the time our service starts to the time our service ends, 300 people in America have gotten a divorce. And it's because of this that we ask ourselves the question, are great marriages or are great relationships even possible? And many of us, because of these stats, we're not so sure when we look at what's happening in the world or when we look at even what's happening in our own life, because why? Bad days come. Hurt happens. We're human. We have unmet expectations. And the result is many of us, we've simply we just simply lost hope when it comes to maybe our marriage or even the fact of thinking we could even have a marriage one day. And we, like Jeremiah, who wrote the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 21 through 23, we kind of get a glimpse of a guy who's kind of going through the same thing. We'll bring this into the context of relationships. And so Jeremiah is going, hey, listen, I remember a day, my affliction, my wandering. And in the context of relationships, we could say, I remember my affliction of the unmet expectations and the relational wounds that we can all go through. It's like this bitterness. It's gall. He says, I remember them and, and my soul is downcast within me. And whether we admit it or not, the truth is many of us in this room today are even listening online. We're, we feel disappointed, like our soul feels downcast within me because what I thought was one thing is really another and my, my needs aren't being met and I have these unrealistic expectations and I'm losing hope. But we, like Jeremiah, not only are we remembering our bad days, our past experiences, but what I want to encourage us today is that we, like Jeremiah, need to remind ourselves and to encourage ourselves that despite our bad day, yet I call to my memory and therefore, look, he said, I have hope. Everybody say hope. 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 
Guys, when it comes to having a healthy relationship, when it comes to having a healthy God-honoring and life-giving marriage, I want you to know today that there is hope. How? Look at the rest of the verse. Because of the Lord's great love. Notice it doesn't say because of your great love or because of their great love, but because of who? Because of God's great love. And it's because of his great love, we don't have to be consumed with our unmet expectations. We don't have to be consumed with the mistakes of the past. Why? Because look at this, his compassions, in other words, his mercies or his willingness to give us a fresh start never fail. Love this. In other words, he's saying, hey, from this day forward, God's compassions and mercy and willingness to give me a fresh start, from this day forward, they are new every morning. How is that possible? Because great is his faithfulness. Not my faithfulness, not your faithfulness, but great is God's faithfulness. That's a great place to say amen if you believe that truth. So when I began to think about how God's compassions are new every morning and how I basically I began to hear this, this phrase of from this day forward, God's mercies, God's compassions are new every morning. And as I began to think of from this day forward, it reminded me of, a, of the phrase that many of us have said in our wedding vows. Do you remember your marriage vow for those who are married? We said something to this effect. My wife's on the front row, so I'll just kind of talk to her for a minute. We would say something like, I ret, take you, Linda, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, right? From this day forward. What are we saying when we say that? We're basically saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what has happened in my past. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It really doesn't even matter what happened up until this point. But from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. So help me God. So help me God. Guys, I'm basically trying to tell you that if you want a healthy, life-giving, God-honoring marriage, or if you hope to have that one day, guys, we have got to get back to the covenant we've made before God and the commitment we've made to each other. So here's the question. The big idea all day today is, hey, and all throughout the series, are great marriages possible? They are. They're possible, but they're not probable. And they're not probable if you're doing things the world's way but they're absolutely 100% possible if you begin to do things God's way. So here's the question that many of us are asking. Well, if that's the case, then what's the difference? Tell me what the difference is between the world's way and you know, compared to God's way. And so that's really honestly what I'm setting up this whole series on right here today is that I wanna show you the difference between the world's way versus God's way. And I wanna do my best today by the help of the Holy Spirit to convince you that there is hope for your marriage. There is hope to have a great relationship one day. There is hope to have a life honoring, God-fearing, wonderful marriage. But it has to begin from this day forward. We have to make the choice and say, from this day forward, I'm no longer doing things the world's way. I'm gonna do it God's way. So let's look at the world's foundation first. The world's foundation of relationships. Take a look at this. This is what the world would tell you. I gotta find me the right person. I got to find me the one, the one who meets all my needs, all my wants, all my desires, all my passions, all my interests, all my self-absorbed, me, 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 myself and I. I want to find the person who completes me because I can't be happy. I won't ever be fulfilled. I'll never find satisfaction in my life until she or he completes me. It's beautiful in a movie. You complete me. You 
cadmium, hello. Some of y'all know the movie I'm referencing. It ain't real, everybody. But this is what the world would say. Man, you got to put all your hopes, everything into that person to fulfill you. You got to find the one. And that leads to number two, the world's way is going to fall in love, baby. It's like a ditch. Like, oh, whoo, I, didn't, I don't know how I got here. Whoops, but I'm in love. I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. Come on, buddy, the elf, where you at? It's like a feeling I can't control. It's just it's an overwhelming emotion. And I, we just find ourselves in La La Land, also known as Stupidville, everybody. <laughs> because once we fall in love, then the world would say, now it's time to fix all your hopes, all your dreams on them. In other words, now it's time to give your entire life into their hands. Give your hopes to them. Give your dreams to them. Give your wants to them. Give your desires to them. And if you're not happy, guess what? It's not your fault. No, it's their fault because they're not meeting me, myself, my, me, 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 right? You know, it's kind of funny when I begin to think about the things that, that we worship, it's interesting that we begin to idolize the things that we idolize or the very things that we demonize in a marriage. Uh, for those who have dated and gotten married, you'll remember. Uh, so guys, you're probably thinking right now, if you're dating someone, you're probably thinking, oh man, I love her so much. She's so cute. She's so organized. She is so detailed. She always has a plan. She's so passionate Man, I love her. But the moment you marry that woman that you've fallen in love with, all of a sudden now it's like, man, she's a control freak. Got a plan. Every move I make every day, go on vacation, got to do this, got to do that. Why can't we just do a day of nothing? Oh, wait, there is a plan for that. We're going to plan a day to do nothing. What in the world? Y'all, I'm venting some of my own frustrations this morning, okay? Confession's good for the soul, bad for the best <laughs> reputation. I'm going to feel this later when I get home. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> Just trying to be, I'm trying to help somebody this morning. <laughs> Ladies, you know, man, the thing that drove you to that guy, oh, he is so laid back. <laughs> he, he is, he's so easygoing. He's so much fun. He just sits there for hours and listens to me and doesn't say a thing. <laughs> then when you get married, what happens? He's so lazy. He's a bump on a log. Brother's not a leader. All he wants to do is play video games. He won't talk to me. There's one or two brave people who are saying amen this morning. <laughs> It's the truth, isn't it? What we idolize, we demonize. And the world's way says, hey, you need to put pressure on a person to be, you need to put pressure on a person who can fulfill every one of your needs. And that's just not the truth. You can't, you can't, people cannot, people are absolutely incapable of fulfilling your need. I'm going to show that to you today, but you know, we find the right person, we fall in love, we fix all our hopes and dreams on them. And then here's step number four, which is, you know, when failure occurs, because it will repeat steps one, two, and three. It's the truth, isn't it? Isn't this a picture of the world's way, everybody? And I know I'm not popular for saying this statement, but I'm not a fan of dating the world's way. And the reason why is because, guys, I just honestly believe that it's practice for divorce. 
What do you mean by that, Rhett? Listen, if you're dating the world's way, you're living together, you're sleeping together, you're trying it on for size without the commitment. And this is what happens. It doesn't work out. It always leads to failure. Why? It just, it's, the, it's just the design. It's how God designed. I'm going to show you this today. But see, the thing is, we've, we've got this so much in our system. And it's like, ah, you know what? We'll try it on. We'll have some fun. If it doesn't work out, no worries. I'll just get on Tinder and swipe right. Some of you older folks have no idea what that even means. Don't look it up on Google, okay? All the younger folk in the room know exactly what I mean when I say swipe right. We've done this kind of living so many times in our life that it's become the foundation of our relationship and we bring it into our marriages when we do get married and we wonder why our marriages are failing, falling apart. It's because we trained ourselves in doing a system, a process of the world's way and it just, it doesn't work. So what do we need to do? How do we need to have a great life-giving, God-honoring marriage that is not the world's way? Well, the Bible comes along and tells us this in Romans 12, verse two. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. In other words, it's time to stop doing relationships the world's way. Why? Because it doesn't work. Guys, the world has tried to brand us on an idea that we can do merry things without the commitment. We can have sex with whoever we want to have sex with. As many times we want to have sex with them, and it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. It's a free-for-all. The world has branded us on this idea that if we do these kind of things, that we will never pay the price for it. And it's just not the truth. It's a lie set up as a trap by the enemy to destroy you, the other person, your family, your home, your finances, your health, your emotions. Do you know that 91% of all the sexual encounters that are on TV right now are relationships or sexual encounters outside of marriage? And we ask ourselves, why is the home so broken? Because we bought into the wrong system. The world says, hey, hey, this is fun. Happily ever after. But what they don't show you is the guy or the girl that's having to go to lifeline pregnancy who have had an unplanned pregnancy now who are thinking about getting an abortion. And they don't show you the fact that these men and women have now got sexually transmitted diseases and their lifespan has been cut in half. What they don't show you is the family that has been broken and destroyed and now that homes now uh, sons and daughters have no father or mother. Why? Because mom and dad, I gotta be really careful how I say this, because we, we bought into the world's way. We bought into the world's way. It's a lie. Well, what do we do? What do we do? Well, we have to do the rest of the verse. We have to let God transform us into a new person. How? By changing the way we think about relationships, changing the way we think about how we're doing life. Here's the honest truth, guys. What comes into our mind, comes into our heart, comes out in our life. What comes into our mind and our thoughts gets into our heart. It comes out in our life. So what am I saying? I'm saying, guys, if you want a life-giving relationship, if you want a life-honoring, God-honoring, healthy marriage, it begins with your thoughts. It begins with your thinking. It begins with rewiring and reprogramming your thoughts onto God's way. Because if you get God's way in your thoughts, God's way will get in your heart, and God's way will come out of your life, which equals blessing, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, gentleness. That's the byproduct of getting God's way into your mind, heart, and comes out in your life. In fact, if you look at the rest of this verse, it says you'll learn to know God's will and God's way for your life, for your marriage, which, by the way, is good. It's pleasing, and it's perfect. In other words, it's, it comes to fruition. It comes to full maturity and perfection. And so my hope today, my hope today is that you're asking the question, well, Pastor Ed, I want that. What does that look like? Because I want a God-honoring 
God-fearing, life-giving marriage, or I want a godly man or a godly woman. I want a godly relationship. What does that look like? Well, we got to show you what it looks like God's way. So we looked at the world's way. Look, let's look at God's way. The first thing is, guys, we just got to come back, honestly, before I tell you point one, we just got to come back to the covenant we made before God. We got to come back to the commitment we made for each other. And we've just got to go, you know what, from this day forward, no matter the pain, no matter what's in the past, God's mercies are new for me. And because of what he's done for me, I'm going to be able to extend that to somebody else. And so from this day forward, it's no longer about me trying to find the right person. But from this day forward, it's all about me becoming the right person. It's about me becoming the right person. There's no better way to become the person that you're looking for than to be around the right people. We are the sum total of those we choose to do life with. And so I like to say it this way. The best way to be the right person is to be around the right people. It's all about people. Many of us, we ask the question, why in the world is my life falling apart? Why is my marriage falling apart? Why is my home falling apart? Well, here's the question. Who are you doing life with? Who are you taking advice from? Who are you taking advice from? Because the truth is our life, our attitudes, our mind, or everything that comes out of our mouth is a reflection of our relationships and our friends. It just really is. The Bible is clear. Proverbs 13, 20. Look at this. Become wise by walking with the wise. In other words, if you want to become the right person, if you want to become the person that you're really looking for, hang around the right people. But you don't have to do that. Look at this. Hang out with fools and watch your life, your marriage, your home, your finances fall to pieces. Show me who you're doing life with and I will show you who you are becoming. I didn't think I'd get a lot of amens here. It's kind of quiet in this church this morning. I'm trying to do the best I can to help you this morning to speak truth with love and grace. So here's the question. It's one thing to know. All right, great. How do I become the right person? Glad you asked. Three really simple, practical ways you're going to hear all the time here at One Life Church because they're so powerful. First one is from this day forward, we have just got to make the decision to say, I will be planted in a local life giving church. So here's the first thought. I know you're thinking it. What in the world does this have to do with relationships? It has everything to do with relationships. Look at the word planted for a second. That word planted, you know what it means? I looked it up. This is what it means. It means to establish in the ground for growth. You know what life-giving means? It means having the power to give life. So if we're ever going to become the right person, if we're ever going to become the person that we're looking for, then my friends, we've got to get established in the right soil that has the power to give us life. Y'all catching that this morning? We have got to be established in the right soil, planted in something that has the power to give us life, which is Jesus Christ through the local church. Look at Psalm 92, verse 12 through 13, before you think this is just my opinion. It says the righteous person or the person who does things God's way when it comes to relationship will flourish. Everybody say flourish. It means that you will thrive. In fact, it gives this description, which many of us don't quite understand, but it says you'll be like a palm tree. That means that you'll be fruitful. And that your life will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. You're like, what is a cedar of Lebanon? It's a strong tree. So what is, what's God's word saying? It's like, if you will become the person, if you'll be the person that does things God's way in relationship with him, your life will be fruitful and you'll have strength in your life, in your marriage, in your home. When and how? Look at the rest of the verse. When you're planted. Everybody say planted. When you're planted. When you're established in the right soil. That has the power to give you life. 
in the house of the Lord. In other words, it's not about just going to church. No, it's about being the church. It's about being establishing every part of your life into the local body of Christ. This is God's word. Look at this. What's the byproduct? My life will flourish. It'll thrive. My life, my home, my marriage, my finances, my kids. It will flourish in the courts of our God. And let me just asterisk this in a little small fine print, okay? You need to be plugged into a local life-giving church. It doesn't have to be one life church. Now, we would love for you to make this home. We love it. We're having the time of our life here, and you are our family. But I want you to know my heart and our heart for you isn't, what, isn't God's best for us. It's what's God's best for your life. And some of the people, some of you in here in these chairs today are listening to me online. Maybe this isn't your flow. Maybe this isn't your flavor. That's okay. The body of Christ is beautiful, and there's so many different expressions of God, and I love it. And I just want you to know there are several incredible churches all across this valley. And my job as a pastor is to get you not just not connected to one life. I mean, that'd be great. We'd love that. But if it's not here, my job is to help you get connected somewhere because it's that important. And we want to help you with that. And we're committed to helping you do that. It's that important. It's vital, everyone. So you got to get connected to a local life-giving church. We're talking about how do we become the right person? It's all about being around the right people. It starts with being planted. Secondly, practical way from this day forward, we just got to say, I will build, look at this, I will build a friendship in a life-giving small group. I will build a friendship. I will make the choice to build a friendship in a life-giving church. In other words, listen, you show yourself friendly, you'll have friends. You won't be friendly, you won't have friends. Bottom line. You show up to a small group, you sit there, you don't talk, you don't engage. People are going to try to engage you for a little bit. But if you don't, guess what? You're not. We're trying to do our best here, okay? You've got to take a choice. You've got to build. You've got to take some steps. You can't just let it just all be on the church and all be on the people in the group. Like It's, it's a two-way conversation and communication. We will build together, but you've got to take a step. If you ever want to be, I'm telling you guys, listen. If you ever want to become the right person, the person that you're looking for to do life with, you got to be around the right people. And life change happens in life-giving relationships. I'm telling you, this is not what we do. It is who we are. Because some of you are like, are you talking about small groups again? Yeah, I am. I'm talking about small groups again. Because it's so vital to what we do. If you want to become the right person, you got to be around the right people. I love Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous in other words, the person who's doing things God's way chooses. They make a choice. They choose their friends carefully. They choose who you're doing life with. Just trying to give you some practical ways this morning that you can apply to your life to become the right man or the right woman of God for a godly marriage one day or for a godly marriage today. Here's the third way. I will make a life-giving difference on the dream team. I will just choose to make the choice that I will make a life-giving difference on the dream team. You can see the next steps on how to do that there. Guys, it is time to be a part of something that is bigger than us. It's time, man. And I'm saying, guys, if you're ever going to change your thinking away from the world's way to God's way, you got to change your thinking off of you. you got to get your eyes off of me and your eyes onto we. Your eyes off of yourself and your eyes onto others. You got to get your eyes on the others. And the dream team just provides an opportunity for you to do that. And Discover is our process for that. You can check that on, online today. Because this is, as followers of Christ, this is an expectation. Mark 10, 43 through 45. Jesus says, guys, you're to be led by a different model. 
You don't have to be branded by the world's way. No, no, no. If you want to become the right person, if you want to become the greatest one, the greatest husband, the greatest wife, the greatest mom, the greatest dad, the greatest family, the greatest best friend, if you want to become the greatest one, then you've got to live as one called to serve others. You got to put yourself in a position to serve. And that's what the dream team does. You got to get to the place where you say, you know what? It's not what I get out of, a, out of this relationship. It's what I give to the relationship. It's not about them serving me. No, it's about me serving them. And by the way, you're not going to be happy at this church if you don't like serving. I'm just going to say, because we're not creating a consumer-driven me, me, me kind of church. No, no, no. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God in the local church was never, oh, me, me, me. No, no, no. It was others, others, others. We are, not a, we, we are not a consumer-driven church. We are a contributor church. We are, we are motivated by contributing to building the kingdom of God with our life, with our talents, with our abilities, not because of who we are, but because of who he is in and through us to make a difference with our life. This is who we are. This is who we are. For even the Son of Man, look at the rest. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as the ransom in exchange for the salvation of many. Guys, there's no greater way to become the person you're looking for. There's no greater way to become the right person than to be in a life-giving church with life-giving friends making a life-giving difference. Can I hear a good amen this morning if you believe that? So what do we know? Well, we know that if I, in order to have a great marriage, man, I can't conform to the, to the world's way anymore. I gotta change my thinking. I'm not, it's not about me finding the right person. It's about me becoming the right person. I'm not, now it's not about me falling in love, but rather from this day forward, I'm gonna walk in love. Everybody say walk. Guys, love isn't a ditch. Love isn't a feeling. Love is a choice. It's a choice. Look at Colossians 3.14. Above all, Above everything, put it on. Make the choice. Clothe yourselves with love. Why? Because love binds us all together in perfect harmony. It holds our marriages. It holds our relationships and everything that we do together. This is love. Well, Pastor Red, I mean, how, am I, how in the world am I supposed to love unlovable people? How am I supposed to love somebody who's hurt me? How am I supposed to love somebody and all that pain that they've caused me? How do I love the unlovable? Here's the bottom line. First John 4, 19. Not my words, God's words. Jesus said, we love because he first loved us. This is what God's saying. We love. John is saying, we love because why Jesus first loved us. In other words, love is the byproduct of a relationship with God. The only way that we'll ever have the capacity to love people who are unbearable or unlovable, my friends, is because he first loved us. Is it really that important? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's why, listen, my friends, God is not a God to be understood up here. That doesn't make any kind of sense, right? You know, God is a God to be experienced. And that's what my hope is. At some point in this service, you just began to experience the love of God in your own life to go, ooh, I've never felt that before. It's the miracle and the transformation of what God can do in a life is when you begin to experience something like that, it's the driving force that allows you to lead this way. Because if you're just trying to pick up the Bible and you read that verse, you're like, man, that's too hard. There ain't no way. I'm out, right? Yeah, me too. We couldn't do this without Christ in us and through us. It becomes religion at that point. And it's not about religion. It's about relationship. This is all in the context of having a relationship with God. Coming into a relationship with him, which you're going to have an opportunity to do at the end of the service. When we come into a relationship with God, the byproduct that flows through us, mind, heart, soul, out of our life, is love. 
John 15, 11, 12 says, I've told you all these things. Because some of you are like, why are you telling me all this? Well, Jesus is saying, I'm telling you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Everybody say joy. God wants you to be filled not just with joy, but with his joy. Man, this is amazing. Man, the reason I'm telling you this is because God wants his joy to be in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your family. So he wants you to be filled with joy, but not just joy. Yes, I want you to be overflowing with this joy, the byproduct of hanging out with Christ, the byproduct of a relationship with Christ, becoming the right person is the fact that we're experiencing God's joy and it's just overflowing in and through our lives to others. I can't wait for next week because next week, this topic is all about love, of a love. Why? Because next week is Valentine's Day, everybody. Hey, husbands, if you're not paying attention right now, you're listening to ESPN or whatever on your app, you might want to tune into this. Next Sunday... Is Valentine's Day. I just saved some of y'all's marriage right there. Mark it on the calendar. I'm glad I came to church today because, man, I forgot, right? Next Sunday is Valentine's Day. So we're going to talk more about this next week. But are great marriages possible? Yes, they're absolutely possible. Not probable if you're doing things the world's way, but absolutely possible if you're doing things God's way. But what do we have to do? We've got to change our thinking. Got to change our thinking. We can't do things the world's way that says, I got to find the right person. No, I'm going to become the right person. I'm not going to fall in love. No, I'm going to walk in love. And now what was the third step from the world's way? It was all about fixing our hopes, our dreams on them. But no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do things God's way. And that is from this day forward, I will fix all my hopes and dreams on God. I'm going to put everything that I have my entire life into God's hands. By the way, that's what salvation is. If you've ever wanted to know what salvation is, you're looking at it. It's where we just fix all our hopes, all our dreams, all our trust on God. Jesus tells us this in Matthew chapter 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek God above all. Like fix your hopes and dreams on God and live righteously. In other words, do life God's way. This is what it's saying. And look at the byproduct. He will give you, not maybe, not might, not eh, No, he will give you everything you need. All my single brothers and sisters, God knows. God knows what you need. He knows. You don't have to worry about it. It's coming. All those who are married and dealing with different challenges that come with that, he knows. He knows. But we've got to get to the place where we take our eyes off of them and put our eyes on him. And many of us are discouraged in our relationships today because we're doing things the world's way. We're worshiping the person who is absolutely incapable of fulfilling all our needs. Did y'all hear that? We're idolizing a person who is absolutely incapable of fulfilling all our needs. And we know this. We're like, I know, I know. But yet we still find ourselves choosing to live our life this way, don't we? And so we, like David, look at David, a man who was known after God's own heart. God himself said, David's a man after my own heart. But he had bad days. Psalm 43, verse 5. David's like, man, why in the world am I so discouraged? Like, it's almost like I know better. Where, why is my heart so sad? I know better. And he says, from this day forward, I'm going to change my thinking and look at his process. He says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. Why? Because God is my savior. Not people, not a place, not a person, not a he, not a she, not an it. God is my savior. God is the only one who is capable of fulfilling all my needs. God. God. 
He's our hope. He's our Savior. Not people. That's Psalm 91, 14 through 16. I love what God says. If we'll just get this concept and we'll come into not just an understanding here, but get this in our heart. Look at what God says. He says, whoever loves me, like whoever loves me this way in relationship, putting me first, fixing me first, look at the promises. I will save you. Time out for a second. How many of us have walked into relationships feeling like I'm going to be the savior? I did that so many times. I was like, oh, this girl's got some issues. That's okay. I'll lead her to Jesus. Come over here, girl. I'll be your savior. It's called missionary dating back in the, right? <laughs> Girls, you do the same thing. Oh, I know he's got some issues. I know he's struggling, you know, whatever. But I, I mean, I'm a godly woman. I can, I can come over here and get a little close and get him to act and change him and make him right. I'll save him. Now, we don't mentally think that, but... <laughs> Our lives reflect that, doesn't it? And what's God saying? He said, no, 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 no. Look, if, you, if you'll put me first before that person, he's saying, I'll save them. Not your job. Your job is just to put me first. I will protect. Hey, guys, as strong as you are, you're not the best protector. I hate to say that. But the truth is, God is. God is the best protector. We do our best, but God is... He's better than our best. He'll protect those who know me. Look at this. They will call to me and I will answer them. Ladies, when you try to pick up the phone call and calling that guy you probably shouldn't even be with anyway and he's not responding to your call because he's got two or three other girls he's hooking up with. Jesus is saying, hey, if you'll call on me, I'll answer you. I'll fulfill it, what the need is in your life that you're trying to look for. It's not gonna come in a man. It's gonna come in me, Christ. God says, I will be with him in trouble. Stop looking to people. Stop looking to your job. Stop looking to your employer or your paycheck. God's saying, no, 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 I will. I'll be with you in trouble. I'll rescue you. I'll honor you. I will give you a long, whoo, I love this. Give me a long life, Lord, full life. I like the way the message says it in verse 14. God says, I'll give you the best of care. I'll give you the best of care. If you'll only change your thinking, if you'll get to know and trust me. So our great marriage is possible. Yes, but you got to do it God's way. How? We got to change our thinking. When the world says find the right person, God says become the right person. When the world says fall in love, God says walk in love. When the world says put all your hopes and dreams on that person, God says, no, no, no. Fix all your hopes, your dreams, your trust in me. But let's not forget, there's a fourth step in that, right? The world would say, well, if, if failure or when failure occurs, then you need to repeat steps one, two, and three. But look at this. When failure occurs, then it will from time to time. Take the pressure off for a moment. You're not perfect. She's not perfect. We're not perfect. That's called humanity, okay? So when failure occurs, we just have to say from this day forward, I'm going to choose to walk in forgiveness. And then I'm going to repeat steps one, two, and three. Become the right person. Walk in love. Put my hopes and dreams on God. Many of us, unfortunately, when failure occurs, what's happening is we're holding on to unforgiveness. We're thinking we're doing justice by hurting the other person, but all we're doing is really we're hurting ourselves. 
maybe you've heard it said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison but expecting the other person to die. It's the truth. The only thing unforgiveness does is it hurts you. Listen, when you forgive somebody, it doesn't set them free. You know who it sets free? It sets you free. Walking in forgiveness sets you free. And so here's my encouragement. That's why, not if, but when failure occurs, and it will, we need to walk in Ephesians 4, 31 through 5 through 2. We got to lay aside bitter words. We have to lay aside temper tantrums. He's talking to men and women, adults. We got to lay aside our revenge. I'll get you back. I'll meet you. Mm-mm. We got to lay aside profanity. We got to lay aside insults. But instead, it's time to reflect our relationship with God and be kind and affectionate toward who? One another. Well, Pastor Red, I don't want to. This is way too hard. I get it. It is hard. Let's be honest. This is extremely hard. But the rest of the verse goes on. And here's the question that I ask and that God asks us. Has God graciously forgiven you? And as followers of Christ, we know the truth of God's word through Christ and Christ alone. We walk in forgiveness of all our sins, past, present, future, because of what he's done through his blood. So yeah, we know that. If you're not a follower of Christ, you may not know that, but there's truth in that. I'm gonna share more of that in a second. But the truth is, yes, God forgives you. And so if God has forgiven us for all the monstrosities, crazy, hurts, pains, everything that we've done to others and even done to ourselves, I'm not saying it makes it easier, but it kind of does when you put it in that perspective to know if God's forgiven me, then we need to do the rest of the verse, which is we need to graciously forgive one another. How do we do that? We do that in the depths of of Christ's love. Not our love, not their love. No, no, no. Christ's love. How? By repeating steps one, two, and three. We become the right person. We walk in love. And we put our entire life into God's hands. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. We'll be here just another few minutes. Some of you are here today and you've taken your life out of God's hands and you've put it into another person. You've experienced pain, hurt, shame from that and guilt. And I just want you to know God loves you. He's not mad at you. There's no condemnation through Christ Jesus. There is freedom through Christ and his love for you. There's grace. You can never do anything to earn forgiveness. It is just a gift that God has given you and it's free. He loves you. And because you place your trust in others, you're experiencing this hurt. But today you could just simply turn that around. The Bible's word is repent. In other words, just ask for forgiveness And again, do a reset, right? And just make that decision. You know what? Today, I'm no longer buying into the world's way. I've done that. I'm I'm buying into God's way. I'm going to put my life into his hands. Some of you have never put your life into God's hands, but today is the day that you know you feel it in your heart. You've just been tugging at you the whole time. Every time I've been mentioning that, you've been feeling like, I need to put my... I need to put my life in his hands. I'm telling you what will happen if you do. You'll begin to experience a miracle. That miracle is salvation. You can't, it's not something you can understand, but it's something you experience as you begin to pray. 
Romans 10, 9 says, if we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that we will be saved. Salvation, transformation, a new way of thinking occurs that gives us the ability to live out some of these things we're talking about today. So if you would like to put your hands into God's hands today, put your life into his hands, it'd be my honor to lead you in a prayer right where you're sitting or right where you're listening online today. I'm not gonna call you down front, not gonna embarrass you, not gonna ask you to stand, but with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here today and like Pastor Rhett, will you please include me in the prayer of giving my life to Christ? If you'd be so bold just to raise your hand right now, no one's looking around, just you and God, just no one's looking around. If you would be so bold to raise your hand, say, yeah, now that's me. I wanna put my life into God's hands this morning. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Maybe you raised your hand, but maybe you didn't. But either way, you know that, hey, I just, God, maybe I just want to make a fresh commitment. Can I encourage you to pray this simple prayer? Just say, Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. I believe you died. I believe you rose again. I believe that you paid for my sin. Then I say this, say, forgive me. Change me. Come live on the inside of me. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I give you everything. I pray this. Say, Holy Spirit, empower me to make a difference with my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen. Hey, hang with me just for a second. If you said that prayer, maybe for the first time, or maybe you recommitted your life to Christ today, would you let us know? Can I draw your attention to that worship guide in your seat? If, if you'll pull out that connection card, there's a place on there you can mark that card and let us know you made that decision. Here's what we want to do if you do that. All I, do, all I want to do is send you one simple email. That's it. An email. Hassle-free guarantee. All I'm going to say, hey, congratulations. Now here's some next steps. And I gave you those next steps today, by the way, being a part of a local life-giving church, getting to a small group, getting on the dream team. I'm telling you, if you want to become the person that you're looking for, it begins, I'm telling you, being planted, local life-giving church, being planted in a small group and life-changing relationships and making a difference with your life. So, hey, One Life Church, we had some people make decisions for Jesus today. Can we rejoice for a moment? Throw our hands together and celebrate. Yeah.